0: It is my hope that through these episodes, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear real stories from real leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy this series as together we hear how they're making their world better. Welcome to the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, making your world better. I believe that most all of us want to make the world a better place, but how? How do we go about doing that in the most impactful way? My guest today didn't just stop by asking the question for himself as to how he could make the world a better place. He also sought to figure out a way to bring others together who also wanted to do good with opportunities for action and collaboration. My guest today is Ami Dar. Ami is the founder and executive director of idealist.org. It launched in 1996 with just $3,500. But now, Idealist has become one of the most popular nonprofit resources online with information posted by over 130,000 organizations from all over the world. In fact, in 2000, thanks to a generous grant from the Stern Family Fund, AMI was able to further propel Idealist into what it is now, a $10 million organization. The Nonprofit Times has included AMI in its annual list of the 50 most influential people in the nonprofit sector. He's also a member of the Oshaka Fellowship of Social Entrepreneurs, and in 2005, Time Magazine named him a philanthropy innovator. Enjoy today's show. Well, Ami, welcome to the show. It's been interesting to watch that the rapid growth and reach of Idealist is quite remarkable. Talk about why you first started Idealist and what has led to its rapid growth, in your opinion.
1: Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, rapid is interesting. I mean, it's been, it's been a good 20 years, so it's taken, you know, it took a while to, I think, get to where we are. I think um, I started the organization uh, in 95, 96, because ever since I was a kid, I was growing up in uh, Mexico as a kid. I was born in Israel and I was growing up in Mexico, and I noticed there was poverty around me. There were things that were sort of not right with the world that I, even as a child, I thought should be better. And so I grew up sort of obsessed with this idea of what, what can I do? What can we do uh, to make the world, you know, a bit better? And, and we have so many resources. We have so much stuff, so much knowledge, so many ideas. What can we all do to make things better? And so I was sort of thinking about that for a long time. And then, honestly, the web was invented. And then one day I saw the web in the early 90s, and I thought, oh, my God, this thing was invented just for me. And I can now do something uh, with very little. I didn't have any money. I didn't have any contacts. But I thought if there could be one place on the web where people could go and find all the ways to get involved, uh, that could make a difference. So that's how the site got launched. At first, there were just two staff people for about five years. And then gradually, uh, it grew to become it it is now. But it's been sort of a, a long process of um, getting people to use it, to know it, uh, and, and to grow it.
0: I love that. And always interesting to find out how people get started and what motivates them. Idealist has been called an online supermarket for social action. I love that description, an online supermarket for social action. It's been described that by Ashoka. I love that description. And your mission at Idealist is this. Idealist is all about connecting idealists, people who want to do good with opportunities for action and collaboration. Talk more about Idealist for those maybe who are not as familiar with it. What is it all about and how can people get involved?
1: Well, right now, Idealist basically is is exactly that. I mean, it's it's a website where 130, 120,000 artists around the world uh, post their jobs, internships, volunteer opportunities. And so anyone anywhere in the world that wants to make a difference on whatever issue um, anywhere can go and find something to do from you know mentoring a kid you know in your town to volunteering in a different country for a year or two uh you know next year. You can do searches based on your skills, based on your availability. Uh you can sign up and and, and get notified by email whenever anything new that matches your interests uh, gets posted, if it even if it doesn't exist now. So there's this big online matching service between opportunity uh that, and and need of a nonprofit and then your desire. So whatever it is you want to do anywhere, you can either find that or uh sign up to be notified when someone uh posts that so every day fifty, sixty thousand people come to the site uh looking for, you know, things to do, ways to help. Uh all over the world, I think every country except North Korea pretty much is represented, seriously. Um, and then nonprofits simply post uh their needs for staff for help and then people can get involved uh with them.
0: That's fantastic. Well, over the last several years, what has been some of your biggest challenges and what have been some of your biggest surprises along the way? I think the biggest
1: challenge overall, you know, people always say it's funding. So, of course, funding was a problem, especially at the beginning. I think the biggest challenge overall is that people, humans, tend to be conservative. Uh, our nonprofit sector is a pretty sort of slow moving sector. And so to get people to uh, know that we exist, to get to know that most of the services that we offer are free and to just use it, to just take advantage of us, I mean, to just get the word out, um, getting the word out in, in a world, you know, full of, of noise, full of signals, full of, uh, you know, getting the word out without really having an advertising budget is, is hard. So the biggest challenge is just to get people to know us, uh, which is one reason I'm glad we're doing this today. And then I think the biggest surprise, um, I don't know, I, ever since I was a kid, you know, I've, I've believed in the goodness of human beings and that keeps sort of uh, amazing me every day and the, the willingness for people to, to help to do. And so I'm not sure I would call it a surprise, but I guess it's just like a validation. Like I think that people, most people, can be amazing given the opportunity and actually seeing that every day is very gratifying.
0: I love that. That's really fun to get uh, satisfaction out of your work, of course, and all the things you get to see because you have so many people involved in so many organizations. So I wonder, as you look back over your life and all the people who have shaped you into the person you are today, who shaped you the most as a leader and what do you want your legacy to be as a leader?
1: As a leader, I think the person who shaped me the most as a person is my mother, uh, by far. My mother was definitely the most um, ethical person that I ever uh, knew in terms of sort of trying to shape me into what I think she might think of as a good person, I guess, uh, definitely my uh, my mother. Um, leadership is, I think, more interesting. I, I Because I was born in Israel, I told you earlier, um, I had to serve for three years in the Army there. It was compulsory um, 30-something years ago when I was 18. And in those three years, I saw one of the big advantages, of, there were many disadvantages, one of the biggest advantages of serving in the military for three years was seeing many different kinds of leaders. And I think I was impacted most by those who led by example, those who, for example, when we were standing up to, you know, standing in line to eat, the kind of, of leader who eats last, you know, who stands last in, in line. And A, uh, you know, he waits the longest, and B, if we even run out of food, then he'll be the one who doesn't eat. Uh, and I think that kind of leadership uh, definitely impacted me. So leading by example whenever, whenever you can. In terms of legacy, um, I don't know. I hope that people basically, I, I think that, that hopefully um, matching you know, your, your words with your deeds, I mean being, being known as someone who um, you know, does what he says he will do, I think that to me is probably the most important thing. And treating people with dignity and respect, treating people the way I would like to be treated, I think that to me is the most important thing in the end.
0: Hey everybody, Rob here. Thanks so much for listening to the Nonprofit Leadership Show. If this is your first time listening to us, I wanted to make sure you were aware of a whole group of other interviews with fascinating guests that I've previously interviewed. Just go to our website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org, and there you'll find numerous interviews of nonprofit leaders from all over the country, even from different countries, all trying to make their world better. I think you'll really enjoy those interviews. We want to give you more content, and we'd like to get that information to you. And all you have to do is give us your email. When you go to that website, you can put your email address in that first box you'll see on the front page, and you'll be added to our monthly email update. In addition to some great content, you will see the latest uh, podcast shows that will be actually sent right to your inbox, and that way you'll never miss any of the great content on this show. The other thing I'll mention to you is if you have questions or comments or you'd like to be on the show, do not hesitate to email me. I'd love to hear from you. Just do that through our website, my email, rob at ccofpc.org. Well, thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. Really well said. I love all those things. And I think for all those moms who are listening, here's the impact you can have. And here, you know, going back to give a shout out to mom is wonderful. I can know personally say the same thing that my mom had a huge influence on my life. And so moms out there listening, way to go. Thanks for all you do to shape future leaders. Now, your organization, for those who are, again, maybe new to Idealist, it's focused on closing, quote, the gap between intention and action by connecting people and organizations' ideas and resources. Now, on a micro. Scale, you could say. Well, this is what a lot of nonprofits do, typically on a local level. Uh, so, what can everyday nonprofit organizations, both large and small, learn from idealist?
1: My God, that's such a like anti humility question. In other words, uh, what can they learn from me? I don't know. What What can we learn from them? I think all of us can learn so much from each other all the time. And in a sense, I wish we did that more. I think that so many nonprofits can learn so much from each other, but we're all in our own you know world all the time, focused on our needs, our fundraising goals. And I wish we could, you know, look around more. Um, I think that the, the one thing, I guess, is, is to just uh, take risks, to not be afraid of, to constantly ask, you know, what's the worst that can happen uh, if we do this? I think we're essentially uh, a pretty sort of risk-taking organization. And I think that if more organizations, I think, could sometimes, you know, look around and, and push against the boundaries and say, you know, it's okay if we make a mistake. You know, like, what, what's the worst that can happen? And so I think a bit more... I guess a bit more fearlessness, and in the end, uh, we're all doing important things. It's so to just feel a bit freer taking risks and doing the work, I think.
0: Well, I'm sure with all the exposure to 130,000 different organizations that are involved with Idealist.org, you get to see a lot of different nonprofits. And so my question to you is, what are the nonprofits today that you admire the most, and why?
1: Uh, one organization that, I, that I've looked, over, I looked up to for many years is um, Doctors Without Borders, the uh, you know French based organization that does um, aid all over the world. I just admire how again the the risks they take, the fact that they're so um, direct, you know we're about helping people uh, in pain in need wounded people in war zones or uh, catastrophes, you know natural disasters. so i really look I really look up to them uh, quite a bit. Um, in New York, there's an organization called Donor Shoes that has become national that helps teachers uh raise money for classroom projects. I think they're incredibly well managed. I very much admire the founder, uh Charles Best. I think he's wonderful. So so yeah, I think I think those two sort of stand out to me as uh very well managed and very uh forward looking organizations. Um, you know, there are always more but but I definitely look up to those two.
0: That's very good. You know, and one of the things I ask my guests, not every podcast, but a lot of the time, just because I think with someone like yourself, you uh, travel the world, you see a lot of different nonprofits, you do a lot to try to make the world a better place. So as you look across, you know, granted, there's a lot of challenges out there. There's a lot of division right now in our cultural context. What gives you hope today as you scan the horizon, so to speak, with all of your experience?
1: Young people. I think that, um, and and the younger, the better. You know, I have a 15-year-old at home. Um, I look at even younger children, I think that this piece that, that, that I think Mandela said, that you know, hate is something that is learned, that nobody learns to hate, um, nobody is born hating, people learn to hate. And so I think watching how children uh, very often don't, don't hate anyone uh, based on, you know, nationality or race or religion, and I think that, that kind of thing can also be unlearned. So I think young people today um, definitely give me hope uh, for a better future.
0: I love that. Well, that's good that there's hope uh, for this next generation. Well, for my listeners who are, again, new to you, I want to find out a little bit more about you and more about Idealist. Where would you send them? How can they find out more information about both you and your organization?
1: Well, uh, for Idealist, it's pretty easy. Just go to Idealist.org. Idealist.org, Idealist.com. They both work. Uh, If you go there, it's all there. Uh, For me, I'm not sure, you know, if people want to know more, they can just Google me, uh, Amidar, but, you know, I'm not sure how interesting that is. But just go to Idealist.org. it'll be much more about uh, how you can get involved, what you can do, and how you can use the site to help your organization and its mission.
0: Well, thank you, Ami. Again, for my guest today is Ami Dar, the founder and executive director of idealist.org. It launched in 1996 with just $3,500, but now idealist has become one of the most popular nonprofit resources online with information posted by 130,000 organizations from all over the world. Ami, thanks for all you're doing. You really are making a difference in this world. Thanks for all you do. Thank you so much.